You are tuned into the Story Behind the Business podcast. My name is Leyland Diano, and I'm alongside Joel McDonald and Adam Bessie. Yeah. Our guest today is a, so there's a long list here. He's a motivational speaker. He's an investment advisor, but I think a lot of people might know him as a pro athlete. People around here remember you from the BC Lions. People might remember you down in the New Orleans Saints. And of course, where you are currently with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as a Grey Cup champion, our guest is Adam Bighill on the podcast today. Welcome, Adam. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so maybe we could just start by getting into this. Obviously, a really strange time for sports where nothing's happening, nothing's going on. What's it like being a pro athlete and having, I guess, kind of no idea, you know, when your season's going to start, or I shouldn't say if, I think it will be a when, and then what that looks like. I mean, it's interesting times, no no doubt about it. Um, but I guess if you really take a step back and look, I mean, there's a lot of people in the same situation with just their normal jobs. I mean, do they know when they're going to go back to work? Um, you know, I think we will be going back to work when they go back to work at the end of the day. It's, it's kind of what it looks like is that um, – you know, everything's being taken day by day and, and, and we can only go with what information we currently have. And obviously health and safety is the number one priority right now. So, um, I, you know, I think if we focus on, on that, you know, everything's going to take care of itself and we're going to figure our, our way back on the football field and, and people are going to find their way back into their jobs. And, and uh, hopefully we can get this economy back stimulated and, and, mm-hmm. and get people back uh, feeling comfortable. Where are you right now, Adam? Sorry, are you in, are you in Winnipeg right now? I am, yeah. Okay. So what, how does it, how are you, sorry, R Adam, um, just quickly, how are you able to sort of stay in shape these days? What kind of things uh, are you working on? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, um, gyms are closed. I don't have a home gym here. So, I mean, I'm having to be very creative. Huh. Uh, you know, I'm, I, fortunately this time of the year, I start adding in a lot of running and sprinting and plyometric work, which can naturally back off some of the in weight room leg routines and such like that um you know so it's been a good timing as far as you know shifting the focus of the training um so i've been doing a lot more of that but as far as the actual weight room training you know i'm not getting as much as i'd like to i'm not getting the options that i would prefer but i'm making the best of it with challenging body weight movements and mobility and flexibility um and doing conditioning on the side so i mean um when there's a will there's way it's definitely possible i'm making it happen and you know, everybody's in the same boat, you know? So, I mean, it's not like 98% of other athletes out there have gyms to train in. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of stuck figuring out how to make do with what we have. Yeah, um, I guess the new, the new toilet paper is uh, dumbbells and, and weight plates. You can't find them anywhere right now. And cases of like beer. The, and, okay. <laughs> well, cases of beer are, are, are wide open. Um, qu- a quick question then. I mean, in terms of like your team, like is there some sort of accountability with you guys or do you guys do weekly check-ins right now? Are you guys staying connected to try to help each other stay positive during this time? Uh, maybe well, I mean, we, we have a good question. I mean, we do have a, a, an app that's kind of connected us as an organization. And, and um, you know, our strength and condition coach has been sending out emails from the beginning of uh, offseason like always, but it's tailored now workouts to more home specific types of uh, things that we can be doing, which is great. Um, you know, but that, that, that side of things that, you know, most people just take the information and, and go about their business and, um, you know, 
the, the club expects everybody to, you know, behave accordingly as a professional and, and, and to do your job and to carry yourself. So, you know, it's not really much about handholding people as much as giving them the information they need and, you know, letting them decide if they want to take care of themselves uh, or not. I mean, because at the end of the day, this is a competitive industry. Um, you know, your job's on the line all the time. So, um, it, it really is up to you with if you, if you want a job or not. I mean, you've got to go out there and take it every single day. So, I mean, that's a, that's a focus you have to keep. I have to ask this question, Adam. Um, what was it like winning the Grey Cup as a um, Winnipeg Blue Bomber after all those years of of Winnipeg not winning? You know, it was it was it was, it was awesome actually. Um, the city has waited so so long. Um, you could feel it in the air. You could feel it every interaction you had with diehard fans. You could feel it on social media that um, the fans had had enough. I mean, in the, the day, we understand. Like you make it to the Grey Cup and lose, you know, it's a it's a it's a terrible season. It's not good enough. You make it to the playoffs, lose. It's a terrible season. You go fourteen and four, and you lose in the playoffs. It's it's not good enough. And um, you know, but from that standpoint, you know. They just wanted to see us win and, and, and pulling it off. I mean, man, you've never seen a city so happy and so on fire, um, you know, and, and just so many people so thankful, you know, and it was just great for me to be able to share the Grey Cup uh, across the province, meeting a lot of people and, and just seeing how much it meant to everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, sharing it with everybody is what it's all about. I mean, because everybody in this province or everybody who bleeds blue and gold is a uh, – is a champion and, and, and being able to have them hold the cup and, you know, they're a champion as well. Yeah. I think one of my favorite stories that came out of that was the guy that uh, swore he'd never wear pants until the uh, Winnipeg blue bombers won (laughs) the great cup again. And he's just worn shorts like every day. And then when you guys won, he put on pants, but I, I I heard he only wore them for like a day or something. He went back to wearing shorts. Well, my, fa- my father-in-law is such a big uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. This morning when he found out that I was uh, on a podcast with Adam Bighill, he started texting me photos of his dog with the Bomber's hat, him in front of the TV when you guys won the Grey Cup. So, and, he, and he's in BC. He, you know, he, he'll cuss out the Lions when, uh, when, they're, <laughs> when they're on TV because he, he's, a, he's a Bomber fan. So, yeah, sure. it runs deep. <laughs> nice. Uh, Leyland, I cut you off earlier. Why don't you hit? hit well, you with, actually, uh, and you know what? You asked the question I was going to ask about if the teammates, if your teammates are staying like staying connected in different ways. You know, as a team, during the regular season when things are normal, you guys are you know you're connected, and there's probably bonds between some players and more than others. But I, I guess I was just wondering if if there's kind of been a uh, maybe a, a little bit push more and leaning into to staying in, in touch with you know not just on the physical side and keeping you guys mentally or sorry. Uh, um, motivating each other to, to work out and things, but on the mental side as well and, and keeping in touch. Cause you guys all seem to have, well, a few of you seem to have these, these other initiatives in your lives. Like you're, you're, you know, you're involved in some things and we'll chat about those, but is that, is the team really coming together just to support each other, like on the mental aspect as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because we are connected through our CFLPA um, unity, which is all the players in, in the entire league, um, you know, especially, you know, how, how we're all handling the situation, you know, what are likely outcomes, what are, um, what is our situation we find ourselves in and, 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 and how do we need to react accordingly. And so, you know, we, we have came together on, on those aspects for sure. And, and guys, you know, talking, but Hey, what, what do we, what do we anticipate? What do we need to do? What makes sense? And, you know, I tend to have more conversations with guys just because of the financial background and, 
in helping guys understand, you know, maybe do this with some spending and maybe think about this with, you know, taking care of, uh, you know, investments or your mortgage and stuff like that. So I, you know, I try to give more insight uh, to players on uh, that ask questions on that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I, I find that valuable and I like helping the guys. Adam, have they given you guys any indication or any thoughts on plans they have to get the season going? Or I, and I know we're all just kind of playing it by ear. I'm wondering if they've shared anything with uh, the players. Um, nothing, nothing yet other than we know we're not starting bef before, um, I believe they said July. Like we're not starting until, um, after June, I believe is what it said, um, on the, on the, uh, press release they, they put out, which I mean, at the end of the day, it makes sense. I think some of the big cities said no sporting events in Canada will be held until after June 30, 30th or 31st, whatever it was. And mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a hard rule that's been put forward. Like, hey, okay, well, we're, we know we're not starting until then, so let's just make sure we go forward with a mindset of this is where we want to start, and you know, we're going to take the information we get every day and kind of put it towards see if we can make that a reality. Adam, one of the things that's uh, sorry, other Adam, that makes the CFL kind of unique, I guess, compared to some other pro leagues, is a lot of you guys do have other jobs, and of course. You know, you've been a, a big star in the league for a while now, but a lot of the guys, um, you know, might come up for a couple of years and they have a job on the side. And maybe we could just talk for a second about some other things that you do as well that people might not know outside of your football career um, as an investment advisor. Yeah. So maybe you could just talk to us a little bit about, you know, wh what that, how that started and, and what that looks like and how, uh, how you're doing that in this time. You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I realized early on football is not going to last forever. Um, and I really wanted to build something that was going to take me past football while I'm still playing. Uh, I've seen, we've all seen enough stories of people becoming broke after playing sports. Um, and I never wanted that to be me. And I've always been, you know, uh, a long-term kind of plan guy. I've always had uh, a keen focus on, on that and, and, and just, making sure I, I have something in place. So, so, I mean, I've seen examples in the CFL guys who've done it, people who haven't done it. And I've learned from people that have, and um, you know, for me, my background was in uh, kinesiology and pre-med. So I was looking at going from doctorate route if football didn't hmm. work. And wow. uh, as soon as football, you know, really took off for me and I, and I had my first child, I'm thinking, okay, after football is done, am I going to go do another four or five years for med school and support my family? You know, I'm just like, okay, well, there's probably no way I'm going to be able to do that. So what, what am I going to be able to do that's going to be able to bring me happiness? Um, and so that was kind of what I was going around and, and figuring out what I want to do. I was kind of when I came across the financial stuff. Um, in 2012, so my second year in the league, I was, that's when I started an investment account with a, with a firm, um, investors group, and, and I uh, started an RSP and, you know, was starting to save for my future and I didn't know anything really about financial stuff and how it all worked and I just kind of trusted the words I was being told and um, figured that this was going to be the best bet for me and um, you know it, it was over a couple of years I gave them $30,000 to manage and you know I was looking at the performance that they were delivering relative to the markets and it just wasn't quite there and you know I started realizing you know fees I was paying were pretty high and I wasn't getting a ton of service and um, 
I realized I was only an investors group product that, you know, if I wanted to move away from it, I was going to have to pay a big penalty to leave. And, um, you know, so I've kind of figured out like, wow, I was really uneducated. I got hooped into this and I didn't, I'm not getting the returns I expected. And, you know, that you can't get that time back, you know, and markets are going up 15%. You're experiencing three to four. You're asking close. Why, you know, I'm in an aggressive portfolio. Why am I not seeing the gains? Um, and that's what asked prompted me. And when I was in Vancouver, they're going to start asking a lot of questions. I actually had a, have a few great mentors that I met in Vancouver just randomly. I was playing golf and met some guys who built successful businesses and started asking some questions and they took me along the way and helped push me along the way to educating myself. And that's what got me into the financial sector. They pushed me down the road to, Hey, take this certification. You, you, at the end of it, you'll be able to manage your money for the rest of your life. But if you actually enjoy it, you're going to be able to help other people as well. So, you know, that's where I figured out that I have a passion for this stuff. I've always been a math guy. I've always been a statistics guy. Um, and having my own experience not be so positive and knowing there's so many people out there that are in the same boat who need help and, uh, you know, honestly need honest advice, need, need an advisor that can look after their best interests, not necessarily what's best for the firm, what's best for the bank, what's best for all those things. Um, that's, that's really needed. And uh, especially with all the options out there right now. So, you know, that's why I got into doing what I'm doing with Wellington out this, you know, I really have the ability to, to run the business that's best for clients. And, you know, that's the way I see myself building a big business by truly servicing clients and making them happy because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Now, are you, are you, and I think, I mean, that's a, that's a great backstory and I'm sure that that compelling story, when you're talking to a client, it kind of reinforces the why behind what you're doing. Um, are most of your, are most of your clients, uh, within the CFL or, or sports guys, or are they, uh, are you go to everybody? No, it's a great question is I don't even have one, one CFL player, one sports figure at all. Um, <clears throat> so you know, I, um, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't approach my teammates at all. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I want to provide them as much free information as I can. Right. Um, and we, we have a pension with the CFL that we can invest in. And I think it's a great option for our players to be able to do that. And, and so for certain situations for, for, for the players, I, I, I educate them on how our pension program works and why it's good for them or way, why it maybe isn't good for them. And, you know, a guy looking to buy his house, you know, trying to invest in his uh, locked in RPP. Well, that may not be the best plan because you can't pull that out for your first time home buyers. Right. So like we maybe want to set up our RSP and you do that there. Right. So, I mean, just giving them some advice along those ranges, but yeah, I mean, I'm building my business across Canada, especially with the, with the ability for us all right now to be on a call. Right. Um, you know, I have clients in, and, and, uh, British Columbia clients here in Manitoba and you know I got prospects go across the country and um, you know obviously you'd love to meet with everybody once a year in person but I mean these meetings have, have proved to be very very valuable and just as good honestly uh, with clients I mean uh, I try to meet everybody face to face for sure but I mean moving forward once you build a relationship and, and maintaining a relationship these these meetings are actually very valuable awesome yeah um yeah, I was going to ask, you know, I, I've met a, a f throughout the years and I've been, I've had the privilege of working with a few players, uh, usually relating to marketing campaigns or something, but it seems that, uh, you know, a few of you guys uh, in the CFL do have these initiatives on the side that you're very passionate about. You know, there's a, a couple of really cool businesses that were started um, 
as well by, by CFL guys. How do you balance like being a pro athlete? Like I think that sometimes the perspective of the CFL is, is because it's just Canadian. It's, it's like it, when you watch a game, it's football. And you guys are still out there doing football, and it's and it's real football. So the the investment physically and mentally of being a pro athlete is the, the same. I look at it as any other sport. How do you balance like the the being an entrepreneur and a, and a, on in business on one side, and then and then still being a full time pro athlete? Oh man, you you guys have have no idea. I mean, I mean, I didn't quite know what I was getting in for, but I knew I had to be done. And then at the end of the day, I'm looking at putting in all of the grunt and all the hardest hours of my life right now because that's what it's going to take to be successful and make sure that I'm going to be able to take care of my family long term. Um, you know, so for me, I'm up usually around 4:30 in the mornings to be training by five, put in a, at least a two hour session in the mornings for training, and then usually, you know, when I'm not quarantined in the house. I'm at the office from seven till about three thirty, and then coming home and I have three kids. So I'm, I'm going family life, uh, for the rest of the day. I mean, um, you know, if I didn't train at 5am and I wanted to train after work, sure. I could do that. But by the time I came home, my kids would be getting ready to go to bed and you know, that doesn't work for me. So, you know, it's balancing everything and, um, you know, being able to put in all that work before, uh, the day even starts as far as the training is just kind of where it's had to go and, and what's working the best. And, um, I've been getting a lot of amazing, great workouts at 5am. I actually really enjoy it. The gyms are very quiet. Um, you know, my ability to focus on me is, is right there and it's been really good. So, I mean, um, the balance is, is tough, but it's totally doable. Um, and my wife does a great job. She's just the MVP really holding everything together and managing our three kids. And she does a great job and allows me to do what I do to take care of the family. And, you know, knowing that, you know, things will get easier over time. This is the, this is what's required. Do you like the TV show ballers? I do. We, we, we do watch it. I mean, <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I do feel like I would like to help players manage, manage their money uh, because, yeah. because of the similarities we have. And I know what they go through. I know the things that they, um, they're approached with all the time. I know the things that uh, they're thinking. I know what they could be going through contract wise. I know that next year may not be guaranteed. I know that trades may happen. I'm, I'm you know, I can anticipate these things and um, really anticipate their behavior and, and understand that uh, where to put them and how to keep them safe, you know? So those are things that I think eventually I definitely want to be able to get into. Just curious, when you were in BC, sorry, um, this is just a, a thought I had when you were talking, was, did you work like with, I know Marco Iannuzzi's um, BC Lion, and, and I believe he's in investments as well, was that something that, I know you guys spent some time together out here at the Lions, um, was that somebody you worked with? I was just curious. No, 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 he worked with RBC, uh, Dominion Securities, he's no longer in the industry, um, so, but I, I remember he, he did do it, um, you know. Okay, I guess, I guess, yeah, I'll leave it there. Okay. Um, quick question for you then, too, just to follow up on the, and, and I wasn't anticipating so many uh, investment advising questions, but uh, I'm, uh, now that I know that you're generally hitting people who aren't within your industry, um, I'm sure you're probably getting a ton of questions from people about what should I do with my money right now? Is the economy falling apart? Where do we put it? What's safe? Obviously, there's a lot of questions you probably can't answer, but maybe you can give us a little bit of insight on what the what the vibe's been like from uh, from your clients, or just even from you know the community uh, that is looking to invest or, or who has investments already. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I guess what I'll do is I'll quickly break down on, on how I operate um, within the investment side. So, you know, being with Wellington Altus, um, we'll, we're a full service brokerage. You know, I'm fully licensed to be able to provide whatever options I can to you. So you don't just come to me and all I can provide to you is a mutual fund. Um, you know, I can buy mutual funds. Um, I can buy individual stocks. I can buy individual bonds. I can buy ETFs. I can buy REITs. I can buy bank notes. I can buy nearly any, anything that's traded on the market or I can buy it, you know? And so what I have is a product shelf that can make sense for everybody. And my job is to create the custom blend of everything together that makes sense for you. And so for that standpoint, and people are looking for protection right now, um, well, I'm not going to put you in, you know, some individual stocks that you're not going to feel comfortable with. I mean, maybe I'll go with a structured bank note that's five-year term that has exposure to the Canadian banks and gives a hundred percent upside over the five-year term, as long as the banks aren't down 30% over the next five years. We don't anticipate banks to be down in the next five years, 30% from where they already are. So our bet is statistically saying that we're going to be able to make an over a hundred percent return on a principal protected down in minus 30 uh, investment, you know, so that's a creative option that a lot of people may not have that I can provide for people that are looking for a certain type of security, a certain right. type of protection, right? But maybe someone's looking, coming to me and say, hey, like, where's the best options right now within the equities to be able to put some money? You know, I have a, a few favorite picks that I like that, you know, that we know really well, we do our due diligence on that, you know, if they have the ability to put some more stuff in risk that here, these are our suggestions, these are why, and this is what we can do. You know, but, you know, we craft everything from your most balanced, basic portfolios that people need to, like I said, the most custom uh, uh, approach. Like it, it really is, uh, it's a full gamut of what we can do. And so, you know, my job is to get to know people and, and figure out what makes sense for them. And, and it's not a cookie cutter solution. And that's where a lot of people go to a bank or they go to a firm and they ask them four questions to kind of define the risk. And those four questions say, oh, you're a balanced investor and this is our fund that we give you. This is the box you're in. This is the right. product that's in the box. And I have 10,000 boxes to choose from. I'm looking for the right blend of them to make sense for you. And they're, they're completely different options of what, you know, maybe RBC is going to provide you. I can buy an RBC fund. It's, if it's the best fund in the market, I'm going to be looking at an RBC fund. Absolutely. Right. But what if it's not and it's someone from, you know, Goldman Sachs or if it's something else, like I have the ability to find those solutions. And um, that's what I really enjoy doing. So as far as forward outlooking, it really depends on what people want to accomplish. And if they have reservations on, you know, safety and preservation of capital, I have options to be able to, you know, provide that safety, you know. So that's what I like to be able to do. That's cool. Um, how... In terms of who are you dealing with within, sorry, I got, like, we could probably go on. We don't want to go on too much about the, uh, this stuff with, with tactical questions, but who, who are you dealing with in terms of clients? Or are you seeing that, that guy like you back in the, and when you originally invested in RSP at that level, or is it, is it b bigger investments? Like, are you kind of across the board? That's a good question. It's, it's a bit across the board because I'm not going to say no to anybody who, who needs help. Cause that's what I'm here to do is, is deliver the help. So, I mean, I have accounts that are, Ten fifteen thousand dollars in size because people are just getting started and they're they're figuring out how to you know build their life and I uh, have uh, accounts upwards of five hundred six hundred k coming up on a million coming in the door here soon so um, you know I do have high net worth people that 
that are in. And, um, you know, so it's, 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 it's just, I want to be able to help as many people as I can. And, and as the business grows, I'm going to have to be able to modify the way I work and, and things are going to be, you know, I'm going to have to be smart with how I do things, right? There's going to be a point at which there's going to be a minimum asset I, I have to have to be able to bring in the door just to make the business work, you know, but, um, you know, at this point, I'm really just focused on helping as many people as I can, because I think at the end of the day, that's, that's what I needed when I was younger. And, and, you know, look where I am now. And you never know the level of success people are going to have in the near term. You never know what kind of family member they might have, or you never know what kind of, um, you know, lump sum they might get from anything. I mean, you just, at the end of the day, it's not about that as much as it is about taking care of people. If you take care of people, you know, the things will come that are going to come to you. And, and at the end of the day, that's the way I look at it. You know, even with my training, you know, I don't go out and set a goal that I want to be defensive player of the year. I, I set a goal that I want to do as good as I can and train as hard as I can and be as productive as I can every single day or every single game. And if I do that, then I'm going to have the opportunity to be in a discussion to be able to win defensive player of the year. But it doesn't happen without taking care of business every day. Right on. Adam, I wanted to just change topics a little bit just for the sake of time because we appreciate you coming on. I'd be really remiss if I didn't um, bring this up, and I hope you don't mind that I bring this up. But you were involved in a pretty big social media story that happened a little while ago. And I know this because I shared your story on Facebook. And I, I was telling these guys earlier, I remember when I shared your story, I wrote in my thing, I never normally share stories on Facebook, but I, I, I shared yours. And it was all about uh, Wendy Williams, who's uh, on TV, made some pretty insensitive comments about Joaquin Phoenix. And you came on social media and I guess we're pretty relentless after her. And you were relentless after her wanting to, you know, apologize for, for what she did. And it was like every day you were on her, every day you're on her. And I believe she did finally end up, end up apologizing, um, kind of the power of, of social media. I'm just curious your, your, your thoughts on just, um, I didn't hear any of your posts at the end, um, your thoughts on how that story sort of unfolded and how it ended. And, and were you, were you satisfied with, with, you know, her apology in the end? Uh, yeah, all good questions. I mean, um, I guess in the, the day, you know, I was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate, you know, so I grew up different than people. I mean, I was bullied as a kid. Um, you know, I've had six surgeries growing up. You know, there's a, there's just a lot of things that people, normal people take for granted that I never had. Like until I had my palate completely fixed by age 12, like I had trouble drinking through a straw, you know, like I had, liquids would come out of my nose. I mean, just stuff like that. Like there's just issues like that I've had, I had braces from grade one till grade 12, you know I mean? Things that people just don't have to deal with. You know, there's a lot of things that I had to deal with. And not only that, um, you know, looking different than other people. My, 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 my son who was just born who's seven months now, um, he has a cleft lip and palate. So, um, it is hereditary. And at about the time that Wendy made those comments, I think Bo, my son was just over three months and he was getting ready to have his lip repaired. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I can handle bullying right now. Like I'm doesn't bother me, but there's so many people out there that get bullied on a daily basis for, mm -hmm. for what they look like, especially with cleft issues. And, and really from my point, it was, it was standing up for them, standing up for my son um, and saying, you know, like, this isn't okay. So, I mean, what happened is I, as soon as I saw that post, I went right into emailing her and her show and letting them know, like, listen, 
if you guys don't make an, you don't make an apology and you don't make a donation to someone within the cleft community, I'm going to be on social media being a pain in the ass every single day until something's done. And like I said, by the way, I don't have a super big following, but I have a big enough following that this, this, this could be a pain in your ass. And, um, it was just amazing, honestly, to see the growth of the people supporting, you know, day three was just insane where all of a sudden all the local news coverage was all over it. And, you know, we were getting close to half a million views on Facebook and, you know, by day six, we issued the apology and, um, you know, we were well over millions of, you know, shares and views on the, on the subject. So, um, it was a crazy to see the power of social media for, for, you know, obviously something that we can all get behind, which is really ending bullying. Um, you know, her comments were, and, and her actions were, were obviously, like you said, insensitive and they were just, they were mean, you know, those are the kinds of things that would happen to me as a kid when people were bullying me. So, you know, there was, it was, uh, it was pretty powerful, especially with the messages that I received from people that were just sending me messages on Facebook, people who had a cleft, people who had a, a child who had a cleft, a brother, or sister, or people that, you know, are going through it. I mean, it's just like, I had several hundred people reach out to me and I, I reached out to all of them back and thanked them for their messages. I mean, it was a really powerful time to kind of unite the cleft community. And, and part of my goals um, obviously was to get the apology and the donation, which we got, which was great, you know, but it also, it, although it was a negative, it, it was a positive in the sense that we brought more awareness to the situation and everything like that. So um, there were some good things that definitely came out of it. And at the end of the day, like when I became a professional athlete, one of the things I wanted to do was use my platform to help the, this community, this, this group of people, the people who are living with clefts um, or are dealing with it or have kids. I mean, because uh, I grew up with it, you know, and, and it wasn't easy. It was hard. I had a great family that supported me, but a lot of people maybe don't, you know, there's issues all the time with confidence. Um, you know, so how did I make it to where I am and how am I doing what I'm doing now? You know, that's the story I want to be able to share with all these people to let them know that you guys can do this too. And you guys can be as successful as you want. And believe it or not, there's just issues with confidence because of being different than people and being bullied. It's just, it's natural. And I mean, it can be as severe as really leading to some really ugly mental health issues. And those are the things that we try to prevent. And, you know, that's why I work with making faces. I'm on the board of directors for them as a charity and, and work with kids and, and, and hosting workshops or building confidence and doing all these kinds of things. So, um, you know, it's something that I'm extremely passionate about in my life uh, outside of what I do for business or football. And, and it, because it's part of who I am, it's part of who my son is and it's part of, you know, helping people. And that's really at the end of the day, what I wanted to use my platform for. Well, right on. Well, good for you, Adam. I remember when the story came out and I could see why people got behind it because, you know, you were standing up for it and it was this personal story and your kid was involved. And like I said, I never share stories like yeah, that on Facebook. That. And I shared it because I was like, man, this is so cool. And you went after, you went after. And so just good on you, man, for doing it. And I'm glad that it, it kind of went viral and I'm glad some people brought awareness to it. So like you said, if there's a positive, I think you brought some awareness. I thought, uh, I just really thought it was cool. you response to the whole thing yeah i really appreciate you guys uh support on that it means a lot um quick question too uh just as we're talking about retweeting and 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 using social media as a as a conduit to get to get a message out what's your what's your platform of choice which one which is the one that you like to kind of gravitate towards obviously you know, it's honest, honestly i think twitter is the easiest thing to to get out because it's so easy to retweet something and there's just so many 
the algorithm seems to work really, really well. Um, you know, but that, that viral, um, campaign from Facebook was surprisingly like huge. Like I didn't expect the Facebook side of it to get as huge. I mean, I personally don't use Facebook as much as I use Instagram or, or Twitter. Um, but that was really cool to see. Um, you know, and, and, and honestly, like the, just figure, on Twitter, you can see how many people have seen it, interacted with it and the analytics are super easy to see. And, um, it's super easy for someone. I mean, cause there's limited characters you can put in, you can get a message across really quick. And if it resonates with people, then it, it can fly really, really fast. So you see Twitter, you know, kind of being on in the, the leading charge of a lot of viral stuff. I mean, unless, uh, you know, we're going to go <laughs> to the next topic of TikTok, but um, you know, <laughs> oh, don't Leland will go on forever. On we're TikTok. not talking about TikTok today. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, I was going to ask you just maybe I want to just as a last question relating to social media. Um, in terms of now back flipping back to business, uh, do you are you using uh, LinkedIn to prospect? Is that a is that a are you? I know you're active on there. It's, it's how I reached out to you this time. I've I know I've sent you messages on Instagram before and stuff like that too. But for this case, I, I reached out on LinkedIn. Have uh, have you? Uh, is that where you spend time when it comes to social and prospecting? You know, it's interesting. I I, I actually have had more leads through Instagram and Twitter uh, than I have on on LinkedIn. Um, although I do think the quality uh, like this LinkedIn is 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 probably better long term. Um, it's interesting. Initially, I didn't expect as many um, client prospect touches to come from, say, Twitter. You know, I mean, because a lot of times, uh, you know, I'll put some financial kind of guidance out or I'll put some uh, respond to something on on something or someone asks me a question. And, you know, I, I'll put my thoughts into the uh, Twitterverse and, and people respond. And, you know, I think like especially example right now is a great time with, with a lot of panic in the markets and people putting that on Twitter and you know, I was providing some, you know, just some reasons to stay positive and the things that, you know, having a plan and going forward and, you know, a handful of people messaged me and, 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 and like what I was able to kind of share based on that's what they needed to hear and they wanted to figure out how to have a plan. So um, it's interesting that that's kind of been a nice route. Um, I'm still figuring out LinkedIn. I mean, I feel like everyone's on LinkedIn for a purpose to themselves. And, and I, I just, I don't know if I, I necessarily like that, you know, I, I don't know. I, like I want to have a conversation with someone and not necessarily have it always be about business and, or make it feel like I'm approaching them only about business because I am trying to build relationships with people. And I think that's important. I'm not in, in it just to, um, you know, get some, get, get someone's money or make a quick buck. Like I want to get to know people. I want to get to know, you know, how to help them. I want to get to know, get to know their families, you know? Yeah, I think I think we all default sometimes when we're running our own businesses to be in business mode, and then your inner circle around you um, is always just like, oh, again, you're talking about your business, you're talking about trying to sell me something or or this and that. So you being self aware of not trying to do that, I think obviously it's working for you. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah. Quick, 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 fun question here. Um, what what has been something that you maybe binged or indulged in during isolation? Have you been on the Tiger King train? Have you been <laughs> some uh, some some games? Like, what are you keeping busy with? Um, that's not anything to do with business or anything to do with um, health and and wellness, or it can be health and wellness. But what's your what's something that you can give us uh, treat worthy that you've been binging on? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Honestly, like just being at home now all the time, I mean, you cut out all the travel time, you cut out all the different pieces of your day that, you know, take up time and, and you can, it's, well, you're a lot more efficient, let's put it that way. So there is more time to do stuff. So, um, you know, in the evening, like we did, me and my wife, we crushed Tiger King, right? Like we, we <laughs> did the series, we enjoyed it. Um, it was interesting, you know, so we, we did that. Um, what do you think of Joe Exotic? Do, do you think he's uh do you think he should be in prison? Yeah, I mean, the way he was behaving and talking about, you know, Carol Baskin, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's <laughs> not how you behave. Like, you just can't do that. I mean, what do you, you can't go around saying you, you want people dead. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You can't do that. You know, I mean, so, I mean, whether it's for 20 years or at least, you know, 10 or 5, I don't know. Like, jail time is definitely warranted. Let's leave it that. I mean, other than that, like, I – I've never watched the series Dexter and like my wife had seen it a bit and you know, so I've heard good things. So we started watching that and uh, enjoying that, which is it's a really odd show, but it's intriguing. Um, you know, one of the couple other shows we've been watching. Um, let's Paw Patrol here. with the kids. Oh, believe <laughs> it or not. Yeah. Like Paw Patrol. We actually, you know, what we did the other night because I was, we can't go to the movie theaters is we rented the trolls world tour. Yeah. And we had a movie night at the house. We brought out popcorn and, and yep. had popsicles and had a good time watching Trolls on the couch. And the kids loved it, you know. And, yep. you know, so it's, it's, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same. I did the exact same thing with Trolls World Tour. Everyone's dancing and singing around. It's a fantastic time. And I think, obviously, that the the positive to this type of time right now is like you said, you cut out all that travel time. You, even if you're working, maybe you're not working necessarily as much as you would, or or in some cases, maybe a little bit more because it's a little bit more tax on the brain, but that kind of, um, close connection you're able to get with your, your loved ones and your family and mm -hmm. even your friends because you're trying to check in on them and you're trying to get face to face and just making sure people are all right. I think, I think that's one of the things that I th we're all going to take away from this, uh, uh, this whole, t this whole crisis as a positive. Yeah. I'd say other than that, I mean, like, uh, I got a message from a guy on Instagram, him and his buddies were on zoom the other night watching the replay of the great cup. He had like 14 buddies on zoom. He invited me. I hopped on zoom with them for like 40 minutes and we just shot the shit with a bunch of guys that didn't know they were awesome, awesome dudes. Cool. And just, you know, they great fans and it was just awesome. You know, like that was an amazing opportunity that who knows if that ever comes up, if we're not all forced to meet and hang out on a zoom, you know, like I thought that was great. Um, you know, other than that, I like, I'm a big video game guy. I don't get to play at all anymore, but like, as of recently, I've been playing, putting it, pulling out the game a little bit. And you now my son's four, so like he can start to like putt around, with it, you know. And so I downloaded some games that he can play, and I'm showing him how to play, and now he loves it. And that's so it's awesome. Kind of thing that me and him can do together. And you know, so I enjoy doing that. And um, you know, so it's another avenue of, of kind of just, you know, non business, having fun and, and, and relaxing. I think you kind of answered it there, Adam, but one of the questions I like to ask people, because um, we have a lot of, you know, business leaders or, um, you know, owners of companies or yourself, who's, who's a, a big leader in pro sport, what do you do uh, kind of mentally to stay, you know, positive? And this is, can be a tough time. And I know there's people out there having a challenge and they're staying at home and they're watching news all day long. Um, what, what are some things you do just to try and and you seem like, you know, you're, you're doing well and you're positive and you're working out and you're working your business. What are some things you do mentally to, in this uh, tough time? 
You know, I think it's, it's, it's a tough question to answer because I think everybody's different. But at the same time, you know, what I always do is I'm just, I'm positive. I'm always positive. I always look for the best case scenarios in every situation. And the reason why is because that's how I find I'm going to get the best results no matter what. Okay, if it's a shitty situation, but I'm, I'm you know, and I'm willing to sit and sulk in it, like, how is that going to help me make anything better, you know? And, you know, I, so I always try to look for the best case scenario to come out of anything um, as, as good as possible, be as efficient as possible. It, you know, I mean, for example, like, say the offense is having a terrible game and they're three and out, or three and out, two and out, two and out, two and out, and defense is on the field all the time. Well, it's not going to help our offense is they're coming off the field and we're like, Oh, great. Here we go again. Thanks a lot. You know, if we're, if we're not supporting them and you know, how is that going to help them do any better and, and pull it together and, and help us win a game? Right. So it's another example of like always just being positive and supporting people and, and looking for how do you make the situation the best? And, uh, and I think this is a great time for everyone to look into themselves and reflect on, you know, what do I want in life? How do I get there? How do I, make myself better? What can I do with my downtime to improve myself? Um, you know, what do I want out of life? And, and those are all questions I think we have more introspective time to, to devote to now that, you know, I just kind of challenge people to kind of figure out those, those ideas. And if you figure out what you want to do and, or what you want to improve, I mean, it's just a matter of going, putting a plan together and doing it, you know, I mean, doing something's better than nothing and, and, and putting something together in a positive framework is, uh, it's very powerful. Right on. Adam, I want to thank you very much. I think we're going to kind of wrap her up here for time. Um, but thanks so much, man, for coming on. I'm a kid that grew up a big BC Lion fan. So we didn't like seeing you go, but it was a big kick having you on the show here. Our, our head of our uh, video department is the biggest CFL fan in the world, and he wears Lions gear every single day. So he was prepping us this morning in anticipation <laughs> of, uh, of you being on. But nice. uh, very cool uh, for coming on. Um, and all the things you're up to, um, very interesting stuff. So thank you so much, man, for coming on and, and chatting with My us. Pleasure. Yeah, My you. pleasure. Glad to do it, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Adam. Sir.